Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swing and a drive, right field and deep. Back goes Aquino, it's got a chance, gone! Get out the tape measure, long gone! Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 46. Cubs with a second sweep of the Pirates. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crowley, how the heck are you on this Wednesday afternoon? Well, you know, it was nice. I got to come home yesterday for my flight from Myrtle beach and back in the clubhouse for one night. And I got to watch a whole bunch of Cubs and minor league baseball from my comfy couch. So what do they say? There's no place like home, no place like home, even though the Cubs have been away from home for a little bit. And now we're heading farther away from home, but let's get after a game one drew smiley on the bump for the Cubs. Yeah. So you had drew smiley versus Osvaldo Pito and the Cubs won this one eight to nothing. Wasn't the greatest start for Smiley, dancing in and out of trouble, but he was able to keep the Pirates off the board. He went five innings. He gave up only three hits, but he walked five batters and struck out four. Not great when you walk as many guys as innings he pitched. It took Smiley 94 pitches to get through five innings, but he was able to escape a bases-loaded two-out jam in the third and also in the fifth. It was the bullpen, though, that looked phenomenal with Michael Fulmer and Julian Merriweather each pitching an inning. Michael Rucker has looked great since coming back from Iowa. He went two and didn't allow any base runners. The Pirates only had five hits the whole game and went 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Left 10 men on base. I mean, as Cub fans, we know how that kind of feels. So (laughs) good good to see it on the flip side, right? Uh, uh, uh Uh-huh. Unfortunately, we do. But on offense, can we call this the Mike Talkman game? After the Cubs loaded the bases in the segue with two outs, Talkman singled the center to drive in two runs. Nico Horner added a single to make it three to nothing after two innings. It would stay that way until the top of the seventh when Nick Magical let off with a single, stole second, and scored on Talkman's single. That was his third RBI of the game. And then with two outs and Talkman on second, the Pirates intentionally walked Ian Happ to face Dansby Swanson, who makes them pay by hitting a single. Cubs up 5 nothing. That takes us to the top of the eighth one with one out. Jan Gomes walks. Magical was hit by a pitch. Then Talkman comes up, hits one to second baseman Ji Juan Bay, who tries to start a 4-6-3 double play, but he throws it away from the shortstop into left field. Gomes scores. Magical to third. 
Cubs are up 6 nothing. Talkman can do no wrong. Even when he hits a ball straight to a fielder, the guy throws it in the outfield. I mean, you know, what can you do? Nico grounds out to make it 7 to nothing, And then Seiya Suzuki would double to put up the Cubs, put the Cubs up 8 nothing, And that was the final score of the game. After struggling offensively in the last two games against Baltimore, the Cubs scored eight runs on 10 hits with five walks. They did have 10 Ks, but they went five for 14 with runners in scoring position. Crawley, I was really, really impressed with the offense. Talkman, man, you I have to give you a tip of the cap, right? You had mentioned him and what you had saw out of him in Arizona, and he has just been fantastic. And you have to give David Ross some credit too, right? Putting him in the leadoff spot, believing in the guy, giving the guy these opportunities, and he has taken absolute full advantage of it. It's awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is, you know, he really, like I said, you saw, sometimes you can tell when they're looking at certain guys in spring training and, and, you know, the leadoff position has always been one that's been a problem for the Cubs for many, many years. Occasionally you get one that has a good season or two, but this is a surprise, a pleasant surprise. So I'm happy that, you know, Talkman, you know, trying to revive his career and it looks like he's doing, you know, he's, he's found a place here in Chicago. Absolutely. Just, just absolutely love it. My only problem with Drew Smiley Crowley in that game were the walks, right? Walks will usually bite you in the backside. Unfortunately, fortunately, it did not affect the uh, outcome of the game as the uh, Cubs uh, worked in a shutout. And as you mentioned, the bullpen was fantastic. Yeah, that, that was the thing about Smiley. It, it, he was he, just the efficiency. You know what I mean? When you it, it takes you almost a hundred pitches to get through five innings, that means the bullpen's got to cover a lot of ground, and you just would prefer not to do that. But luckily, the offense really kind of, you know. We're able to help out the pitching staff in that regard. Absolutely. Nice cushion. All right. Game number two, Crowley. We got uh, Marcus Stroman on the mound. Yes. Marcus Stroman versus Johan Oviedo. The Stroh show keeps on rolling. You know, everyone keeps saying, you know, this guy's not an ace. Marcus Stroman tweeted the other day, kind of laughing, you know, laughing emoji, not an ace. The guy won a seventh straight start, now has 14 quality starts this season. The next closest pitcher in MLB with quality starts is 11. So he has three more than the next guy. His ERA is the lowest in the NL, 228. Went seven innings pitch, gave up five hits, one walk, and five Ks. The only inning when the Pirates had more than one base runner was the seventh. Stroh gave up only one extra base hit, a double to Connor Joe. The Pirates were 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. And, and this is just a formula for success. Stroh goes 7. You'd have Leiter do the 8th. And then Alzali finishes it up the ninth. Adbert has not allowed a run in 9 straight outing and has a 1.91 ERA. Don't know why. David Ross just might as well call him the closer. Just call it as it is because that's what he is. That's what he is. He's the guy who takes the ball in the high leverage situations. He's absolutely earned that spot. Now, offensively, it's funny because, you know, Marcus is, have, has a really good um, relationship with Tucker Barnhart. They've kind of clicked together. And Tucker Barnhart helping his buddy out, his battery mate, he hits his first home run of the season in the third to put the Cubs up one nothing. With one out in the fourth, Ian Happ hit a triple, and Dansby Swanson was hit in the wrist by a pitch. Cody Ballinger hit a sack fly to make it 2 nothing. David Ross said after the game that Swanson was getting x-rays on the right wrist and that it was a little swollen. That happened again in the fourth, so he played the entire game. He didn't leave, but you know how, you know, Swanson doesn't like to ever miss a game. Talkman hit a solo home run, so the Paladine Pounder's still going at it to lead off the eighth. <laughs> Nico Horner hits a triple and scores on a sack fly by Seiya Suzuki, and the Cubs would be up 4 nothing. 
That's your final score. Cubs scored four runs on seven hits, two walks, six Ks, but we're 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. They left six men on base. Mike Talkman, we've been talking about him. In his last 10 games since June 10th, has hit 342 with 11 runs scored, two doubles, two homers, eight RBIs, six walks, and a 422 OBP. And after that game, Crowley, Marcus Stroman is basically leading every National League pitching stat that matters except for strikeouts. I mean, the guy is just locked in at this moment. Right. And, and, and he's an ace. That's, I mean, I don't think you can literally say anyone else should start the all-star game. I mean, you know, what, what did they say in bull Durham strikeouts are fascist. That's what Stroman does is he induces ground balls and, and, and that, you know, is able to help him get through games. And, and so just, just a really, you know, phenomenal game. And the Cubs are now up to nothing. They win another series. Absolutely. So another series. So that's four series in a row. And that takes us into Game number three that just wrapped up an hour or so ago. Cubs going for the sweep. Kyle Hendricks versus former Cub Rich Hill. And probably before we get into the game, did you see the social media out there about Rich Hill making his uh, Cubs debut, I believe, in 2005 and who some of the guys were in the lineup that day for the Cubs? It, it's hilarious. And then the other thing I tell people that forget this is that Rich Hill is older than Mark Pryor. <laughs> so it, go, go ahead and let that blow your brain out. But, the, the, you know, it reminds me a lot of Jamie Moyer. You know what I mean? It's just like this guy's going to be pitching God knows how long. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, you know, you had two crafty veterans, you know, going at it, Kyle Hendricks versus Rich Hill. You know, Kyle Hendricks, once again, calling his own game. Something to keep in mind there. Now, so, hold on. But let's not go too much far. Did you hear – did you get to hear Tommy Hadovy about why they got to that point with the calling his own game? Part of why they're doing that. What, what, what did Tommy say? I'm just curious. Because of a uh, pitch count, because of the clock, right? He had had some issues early on with the clock, and, and it was kind of throwing him off. But he, what he did point out, not not to say like, "Hey, look at me, Tommy Hadovy," or "Hey, look at Gomes," or "Look at Barnhart," or "Look at you know who's ever catching him that day." But they have a game plan. Both everybody knows what the game plan is. And he's just going for it. It's working for him. He's in a rhythm. He doesn't need to shake anything off. He doesn't need now to worry about the pitch clock because he's not shaking anything off. And so that's the idea of calling his own game isn't like it's only him. They are still working as a group putting together a game plan. But I thought that was very interesting. It is. It is it's interesting and, and it's working. So it's hey, working. So it makes so it makes sense. <laughs> so the only real blemish for Kyle was the second inning when he walked Connor Joe. He gave up a double to Josh Palacios to give the Pirates a one-nothing lead. He didn't give up another hit until the bottom of the seventh. Ran out of gas when he got there into the bottom of the seventh. He gave up a single to Connor Joe to lead off the inning. He got Josh Palacios to fly out, but then he hit a batter and walked another to load the bases. His day was done. You know, when he loses control like that, he's gassed. Mark Leiter came into the game and got a strikeout for the second out of the inning and got, and then you have two outs and you still have the bases loaded. Tucapita Marcano is pinch hitting. He grounds to first, but it looked like Trey Mancini was unsure if he should run to the bag or throw it to Leiter. He drops the ball. Scoops he drops it the ball. Oh, it's awful because he scoops it to Leiter, but the throw was off and Leiter collides with Mercano. I'm scared to death because right. Leiter's been one of the best guys out of the pen. Two runs would score. Looked like he was hurt, but he stayed in the game. He got the final out. Julian Merriweather took the eighth and was throwing gas. Now he's starting to regularly hit that 100 miles per hour, which is not something we've seen, again, since Araldis Chapman. And Michael Fulmer pitched a clean ninth. 
Hendricks did go 6.1 innings. He gave up two hits, three runs, only one earned run because of that Mancini error, three walks and two Ks. The Pirates only had two hits in the game. But I got to tell you, Dustin, I mean, I obviously haven't spent the last few years, you know, studying Baltimore Oriole baseball. It hasn't been a really good product, to be honest with you. But I thought Mancini would be better defensively. I'm kind of, it's kind of not been pretty out there. Yeah, j- just okay. You know, j- just okay. Um, so you're going to have to live with that because um, what else are you going to do right now, right? I mean, it, I, I understood why he was starting uh, today, um, but I had hoped it would be better. And especially considering the fact, not that it really matters, but he's the, uh, what he's the, uh, best vote getter so far for Cubs in the all-star game. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get there in segment three, but yep. not good, but you know, the Cubs are facing, like we talked about Rich Hill who broke in with Chicago. He played from 2005 to 2008, but since leaving Chicago, he'll face the Cubs just five times in 15 seasons, going one and one with a 2.49 ERA. I was nervous. I'm not going to lie about this one, but they got to Hill in the third inning when Miguel Amaya led off with a double. Mike Talkman walked. Nick Magical bunted the runners over to second and third, and with one out, Nico Horner tripled to score Amaya and Talkman and put the Cubs up two to one. Saya would hit a sack fly to score Horner, and the Cubs were up three to one. Hill then retired the next nine hitters, right? He all of a sudden he gets into this groove, but in the sixth inning with two outs, Christopher Morrell reached on a throwing error by key Brian Hayes. Hill then hit Trey Mancini on an O2 pitch. Thank you very much to keep the inning alive. And then Ian Happ doubled to score both runners and the Cubs were up five to one with two outs in the seventh. Nico hit his fifth home run and Apo taco to make it six to one. And then in the eighth with one out, Ian Happ hit a ground rule double. Gomes struck out swinging. Amaya and Talkman are going to walk. And then Nicky Magical singled to drive in two more runs. And the Cubs were up eight to three. That's the final. The Cubs scored eight runs, eight hits, five walks to nine strikeouts. They went three for six with runners in scoring position, left six men on base. Nico went two for five with three RBIs, while Happ went two for five with two RBIs. But Happ, who comes from Pittsburgh, he entered today's games. So I'm not even including all the stats of today, hitting safely in each of his last 36 games against the Pirates, dating to April 10th, 2021. He's batted 348, 14 for 135 with 13 doubles, two triples, five homers, 26 RBIs, and 19 walks during that stretch. That's unbelievable. That, that means he's hot, right? He, he's he, he's going to be part of the hot or not, I hope. Well, what, what it does mean, I mean, you're, you're talking back here, you're talking... Of, of, of since 2021. So he's what you right. call a pirate killer. Yeah. I mean, he just absolutely crushes the pirates and he crushes Cincinnati. And I got to tell you, Dustin, this, I, I was concerned because, you know, I saw some things, you know, you usually see as the Cubs offense and spurts, you know, they all of a sudden just get a lot of runs, but then all of a sudden they go really cold. And I was worried that at the end of that Baltimore series, they didn't look that great. The second game, they didn't score a lot. They didn't hit a lot. The third game, they did even less and they didn't win that one. But they came in in Pittsburgh, and I and I thought they really had great approaches, you know, just scoring with runners and you know hitting with runners in scoring position. They were doing a great job of executing the bunts, sack flies, getting the runner over, getting the runner in, mixing in singles, doubles, triples, home runs. It's 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 been fun to watch this series, and 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 watching the offense. And and we talked about this in the last episode. Is that's the key right there? Is just you know keep the hot streaks going as as much as you can and limit the cold streaks, you know? So you, you didn't do good Saturday, Sunday, fine. You come back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you do really well. 
Another thing I was happy to see, if you remember, Miguel Amaya was hit by the wrist in against Baltimore, and it was good to see him out there. And he reminds me a lot of Nico Horner, where you know he's just a rookie. He's just he barely had any AAA experience, and he does not look overmatched. He doesn't look like he's pressing. He looks nice and calm at the plate. And that is way easier said than done. And I'm, I'm just so super impressed with how he's done so far this season. Oh, absolutely. I, and I'm thrilled. I, I really want to echo what you just said about Amaya being back in there. That's great, right? It's great that he's back out there doing his thing. Um, so good to see him out there. Always Crowley. Always good to fly the W. Always good to get a sweep. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 46. Cubs with a second sweep of the Pirates. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews Mike Ivory, founder of UK Cubs fans, to give us a lowdown on the London series. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I have Michael Ivory. He is be he is the man behind the Twitter account UK Cub fans, along with our good friend Rachel. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm all good, Crawley. How are you? Oh, a, a little bit of FOMO now. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here looking at my my Twitter feed and seeing all the people having a lot of fun over there, and I wish I was there. So, yeah, it's it's um it's it's certainly cranked up. I, I think now, obviously, the sweep at the Pirates helped, and now it's like everyone's in in full on party weekend mode. Oh, see that kills me. But hey, you're gonna have fun, and 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 you're you're. I'm gonna live vicariously through you because I know this has got to mean so much to you, being a British fan and having the Cubs now come into your country and playing. But first things first, how did somebody all the way across the pod? How did you get into the Cubs? Yeah, so um, it it, it happened actually in in 2017, just after the World Series. Um. So myself and uh, my wife, we went to uh, Mexico just on a holiday. Um, and uh, the, the hotel we were staying at had a, a sports bar um, and I'm massively into my sports. So while it was, you know, I'm, I'm quite pale skinned. So I try to spend a lot of time out of the sun. Uh, it's a bit too hot for me. Um, so, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the sports bar and, and we went in one evening um, after we'd had something to eat. And it was when the Cubs actually played the Dodgers. And it was the game where they got their World Series rings. So this sports bar, it had quite a lot of people from Chicago in or wearing their, 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 their shirts and stuff. So kind of sat down and kind of started, and just got talking to them, really, talking to these guys. And that's when they, you know, they, I mean, we, we, we know of baseball in the UK. Everyone kind of knows, obviously, of baseball. But it was more of a, they were talking to me about, you know, the, 2016 World Series, the 108-year droughts and, and, and all that. And so I sat down with these guys, watched the game. Um, to be honest, I think we won from memory, my first game. And to be honest, Crawley, that was kind of it. Like, uh, we had a, about you know, a week left of the holiday. So I'd try and watch a game kind of every every evening. Like, you know, I'm a massive cricket fan um, in, in the UK. And there are some uh, similarities between, obviously, cricket and, and, and baseball. So... It was a sport I instantly kind of, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it just grabbed my attention straight away. And you know, the next game I think it was it was the Mets versus someone because I remember Four was pitching when he was playing for the Mets, but it just wasn't the same. Like it wasn't the same as watching the likes of you know Rizzo, Schwarber, Bryant, Leicester on the mound. And so I'd always keep an eye on on, on the Cubs scores. And and then when I got back to the UK, I realised that. 
the UK was kind of like at the very start of the the, the baseball kind of um, peak. And so I had a look around and, and there was a there was a Twitter Cubs account, but it wasn't really that active. It wasn't really doing anything. So I just thought, hey, why don't make a page and, and see not only kind of how many people in the UK also follow this sport and this team, but also to interact with people such as yourselves across the pond. Um, and so I started it in, in 2017, just after I got back, and it's kind of grown from there. Oh, that, that, you know, it's just so great. And, and, and seeing the sport grow, which is part of why the London series is happening. But, you know, for me watching the world baseball classic this last year and seeing England and what they did, they were kind of a surprise team. Yeah, they, they, they were. And that was absolutely massive for us, not only just to qualify, um, but also because we actually won a game, we automatically qualified for the next World Baseball Classic. So that momentum, um, and, and this has been going on in the background for a number of years now. Um, the, the head coach um, for the, the GB team is a guy called Liam Carroll. He now um, works over for the Boston Red Sox. So he's actually an Englishman working in Boston um, um, for this sport. And we've now got a guy called Drew Spencer in who's who's coming and he's kind of taking it even further. And like I said, that that win at the World Baseball Classic, that was such a kind of m monumentous achievement for Great Britain and baseball. Right. And, and, and so what people I don't think understand is that this world, I mean, the, uh, the London series, it's not just two days the, the MLB is going all out to make it a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, I had tickets for the series in 2020. Oh, I, I was all set, ready to go. I had my hotel. I, I, I was ready to go. And, and then the pandemic wiped it out and yeah. it didn't work around this time. But how disappointed were you guys, you know, when that series got canceled in 2020? So disappointed. I mean, same as yourself. We had the tickets. We had our hotels booked. Um, and, you know, when 2020 started and there was murmurs of like the pandemic and where it was hitting in kind of Italy and Europe and in the back of your mind, it was always like, just not, not now, please, please not now. Um, and then obviously the whole world pretty much went into kind of a lockdown. And it, the disappointment was, was, it was crushing because I, I honestly thought at that time that was our chance. Um, I had hoped that they were going to come back, you know, in a couple of years, kind of like 2023, like they are now. But in the back of your mind, I was thinking, are they going to come back with two different teams? Are they going to come back with the Dodgers? Because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the UK wear Dodgers hats. And I don't think they even know what they mean, just just for the LA brand. Um, but you had some like big teams kind of, yeah, the, the, the Dodgers that kind of, uh, the, and, and you just didn't know that it was going to be, Cubs Cardinals again and I'm just so thankful that it makes it a bit more sweeter that we've had to wait for three years but you know it's now it's this weekend and, and yeah it's just it's so exciting so I'm thinking you know like I said th this is not just a, a two-day thing this is going to be going on yesterday they had a clinic for the kids and you had a former Cub and a former Cardinal David Eckstein who was always a pain in the Cubs side <laughs> and World Series champion Jake Arrieta talking to the kids, uh, showing them how to play the game. I mean, that has to be huge to help grow the game. 
of of course, and and you know, it's it's amazing for for the for the kids that are playing. Like when I was growing up, we, there was no youth baseball clinics. You know, baseball wasn't really played certainly at a youth level. So if you can imagine now, and we mentioned the World Baseball Classic, you're talking to a bunch of you know seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids, and you've got Jay Caviata talking to you about kind of how to pitch, the dynamics, etc. Then that's only ever going to be a good thing, surely. Um, and like I'm hope. Um, he should hopefully be sticking around for the weekend. If I get to meet him, I think I'll cry. But um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And like you said, it's not just the Saturday to Sunday, and then off they go. This was happening from yesterday, and this is going to happen all the way up until Sunday evening. Yeah, and right now, actually, my boss Mitch Rosen in the morning show from six seventy the score. They are having a little bit of a get together at Horse and the Guardsmen. So, uh, you know, there's going to, I know that Justin Steele's going to be there. Tom Ricketts is going to be there. So it, it's just, there's something going on all the time. Now, one thing that interests me, and, and maybe you can tell me, talk to me about the Trafalgar Square takeover. Okay, so um, the, the um, Trafalgar Square takeover was, um, it's, it's an MLB Europe initiative. Um, so, I mean, have you been to um, London before, Crawley? I have not yet, no. Okay, so the, it's absolutely massive, the Trafalgar Square. Um, it, 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 it's a big piece of land, right in kind of the centre of London. Um, and there's going to be, you know, um, they did a, a, a series last year called Home Run Derby X. And essentially that was, um, the Cubs were one of the teams, they had four teams. And it was essentially like um, a... a um, a, a woman's player, a rookie, and then they had like an old um, kind of Cubs legend. I think it was um, Giovanni Soto, right? It was Giovanni Soto, yeah. So um, that's what they're kind of doing this year as well. They're kind of doing, again, another home run Derby X, um, but they're opening up to a few more people. So um, as in like um, people like my, myself, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it, but you know, people like myself who, who are, um, there's going to be ball, ballpark food and drink. So one side of it's the Chicago side, one side of it's the St. Louis. Um, there's going to be, um, you know, loads of London series merch, there's loads of shops. Uh, it's just going to be an, an, an amazing, amazing event. And I'm actually going tomorrow after batting practice. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it, it really is taking over London, it seems, for this weekend. So it's on Friday, June 23rd, 6.15, your time. And it looks like Dexter Fowler is going to be representing the Cubs in that. He is, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we've, we've got Dexter Fowler this year. Um, also a Cardinal as well. So, um, but yeah. We, we, we try not to acknowledge that. We try to <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, Dexter Fowler is the, is the Cubs representative. So, again, if I'm if I ever get to meet him, I've cried. Um, but it's just going to be a really good, really good atmosphere. It's free of charge, so you know people haven't paid to get in, and it's all weekend. So if for whatever reason people can't get to the the, the games at the ground, um, then it's going to be it's going to be shown um, at, at at this event. Um, and it's like I said, it's it's on from Friday to Sunday, and it's just going to be full of other UK baseball fans. Quite a few people coming over from from America as well, and it's just going to be a great event crawler. And so, the the one thing that that for me that I'm kind of also taking a look at when, when you look at how all of this is going to set up is is that you know I'm happy, and I'm sure you're happy as a Cub fan that they're going to have their marquee pitchers. When you're talking about being able to see Marcus Stroman and Justin Steele live in person, you know I, I'm not saying anything bad, but I mean it's not Jamison Tyone. You get what I'm saying? 
No, of course, and, and I did a, a little piece. I sent out a tweet from the page a couple of weeks ago, in which I'd worked out on the on the rotation if the rotation was to stay the same, who it would be, and it was Saturday Justin Steele, Sunday James Teller. and so I sent it out, and I went. You know, this could change. I'm just literally saying this is if they stick to the current rotation, this is what. And, you know, thankfully, I think because of the the, the extra couple of rest days from the the, 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 um, uh, the the flight over and getting all set up. I mean, when that was announced, uh, I think it was yesterday that Strowman's going to be pitching on the Sunday. I mean, it was already going to be an incredible weekend. But to see the leader if, in ERA for the National League pitching in the UK, it's it's just the cherry on the top. Now, talk to me a little bit about the stadium. Where's the stadium located? Say, say, you know, here's London. I mean, is it where would you? Where is the stadium located? So the stadium is located in an area called Stratford, uh, which is uh, just off the Thames. Uh, it's kind of centralish into central London. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I live about 150 miles away, so my geography of London isn't great. Um, but we built it when we had the um, 2012 Olympic Games. So that's why it's called the Olympic Stadium. Um, and so that was where we hosted our track and field events. And then once the Olympics had finished, um, a football team called West Ham United now now use it to play their home games there. Um, but um, we also we used this stadium in 2019 when the Yankees and the Red Sox came over as well. It's a really impressive stadium. It's got um, kind of a load of bars around um, within a five minute walk. Um, there's a shopping centre not far by, and that's where um, the um, Home Run House is. I'm not sure if you've heard of Home Run House over in the UK, but it opened a couple of years ago, and it's essentially a baseball bar. So it's got uh, batting cages, it's got screens for loads of baseball, it's got American-style drink and food. Um, Passy Young, who also operate in London, they do like Philly steak sandwiches and that kind of thing. So it's very much an American-style bar, um, and I'm imagining that's going to be very, very busy this weekend. Wow. So the name of the bar was Home Run? Home Run House. Home run house. That's where I would probably be hanging out. Now, you, now you mentioned the um, previous London series, and that was a, another classic rivalry, the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I guess the cool thing about going second is that they learned a lot uh, uh, from that series, and they're trying to kind of change things up a little bit. So uh, the dimensions of the ballpark have been changed Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the seating has been changed, a lot of stuff has been changed from the last time. I, I can't, I can't remember exactly. I just remember the ball was just flying out of the park. It, it was, it was ridiculous. It was um, in that first game. It was, it was six six after the end of the first. I mean, every every <laughs> ball was flying. Um, but it's not just kind of internally as well, Colin, in, in regards to the field. It's it's everything around Stratford at this point. When in twenty nineteen they put a couple of banners up and and, and there was a bit of a buzz. Um, but that was kind of really it. I mean, like I said, this year with the takeover of Trafalgar Square, the Cubs, um, like, you know, hiring out a bar for the day. I mean, I'm not sure if you've seen the pictures. They fully kitted out this whole this whole pub. Um, and it just seems that they've gone a lot extra this year, which is great because it's, it's, it's gained a lot more publicity. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, like I said, I'm going down Twitter and I'm just looking at it. And it was, it's, 
I remember, you know, the Yankees, Red Sox, and I don't remember it being this big, this yeah. much surrounding it, this much hoopla. And so I know that they, like I said, they moved the walls back and they got the clay and, and, and there's going to be a London series next year as well. So just yeah. continuing, continuing to try to grow the game internationally. Now you personally, what are you looking most forward to about this weekend? Um, it's a tough question. There's so many, there's so many. Um, I mean, seeing, seeing the clubs in my home country is going to be phenomenal. I was at Wrigley last year. So I, I did see them um, last year against the, uh, a series against Milwaukee, but to see them in my own country is going to be something kind of really, really special. But I just think the pull of the event, you know, we've got, I, I myself, I live in an area uh, not, not too far outside of Birmingham. So like I said, I'm, I'm a bit further away, but we've got people from Scotland coming down. I've seen people from America coming over. And I just think it's going to almost feel like a carnival atmosphere all weekend. I mean, everyone's going to be really stoked on, on what's gone on. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm hoping for a club sweep, uh, of course, but you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I think even the likes of going to batting practice tomorrow, you know, I'm going to be that close to, to people who are just teeing off and, and, Oh yeah, it's 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 just going to be the whole weekend's just going to have such a good vibe to it that certainly with what everything that's gone on in the last couple of years and obviously with the pandemic and stuff, it's it's just felt like in the UK this is something that that the baseball community really needs. So I do have uh, now. I've always loved international fans when it comes to World Cup and soccer, aka football. It seems like you guys, like the fans is just a different type of breed. Do you see like that type of, you know, what I, do you get what I'm saying? Like you, you come up with songs, you have chants, all this <laughs> stuff. Do you think that there's going to be any of that? Or is it going to be more like a, a normal baseball crowd in the United States? Um, I think certainly maybe on the Saturday because it's a later game. So people will have had a bit more to drink. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, like I said, the, the forecast is going to be incredible all weekend, which obviously puts people in a better mood. Um, so I think there will be there will be some chance kind of throughout. Um, I, I don't expect it to be kind of like a like a soccer game over here where they're chanting constantly. But I think I, I think there will be some. Yes. And it, it looks to me like they're going to have some American ball food, uh, ballpark food, but also some British food, too, that, that people can try out there. What do you recommend for people uh, when they're at the ballpark? A, a good British delicacy. Oh, now, now you're asking. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, if I was, obviously for myself, you can't kind of beat like um, a, a an American hot dog or, or pizza or something like that. That's my ballpark food. Um, like when I was in Wrigley last year, uh, I bought my wife um, a, a, a helmet full of nachos and she loved it. She loved the nachos. Um, so I'd always err on the side of kind of going towards the American food because I think it's better. Um over in England, if you kind of want to eat, kind of, you know, if you're going to come over here, you've got to have fish and chips because it's it's a UK delicacy. You've got to have kind of fish and chips with, with vinegar. Um, if not, then um, having a um, pie or something like that as well. Um, yeah, they're kind of like the British delicacies. Certainly in London, they're very famous for kind of their their, their pies, etc. And And so if you wanted to have some British food, those were the ones I'd recommend. And, and the other thing I think about is that, you know, now the United States, you know, has the microbrew craze and it's a little bit different now. 
but I'm just like normally, like when you go to a Cubs game, you know, a lot of people with Bud Light or old style or whatever, yeah. but you know, English beer is a little bit different. Do you, do you see, is it going to be a mix or there, are you going to be able to get some British uh, pints or anything like that at the game? How's that going to work? Yeah, I've, 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 I think I think that they they will do, um, and, and they'll also put on um, cider, I imagine as well, which you know in Britain we're very very big on. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, Crawley, because when I got back from Wrigley last year, I have tried to find anywhere that sells old style because I really liked it, and nowhere sells it. Yeah, nowhere sells it. Um, so I think yeah, they'll put on some ciders, and I think they'll put on some British beers as well. I think if they're going to go for the American beers, they'll probably go with Bud Light. Because that is that is quite popular over here, um, but I know in the in the bars around the ground they do sell like the Sam Adams and, and stuff like that. So um, it's usually in kind of bottles, and especially at Home Run House, they have about five or six different American kind of beers. Um, so what I would suggest, uh, I personally don't like English beer. I, I, I don't think, it, but if it, um, you know our, our cider is very very good. Um, so on a hot day, having a nice cold cider incredible now i'm gonna to have to ask you a question you you have the pulse of the british cub fan and it, it, it's wilson Contreras will be at uh at at this at the game obviously what is the vibe from from the different british cub fans you're talking about are you guys gonna cheer him you're gonna boo him how's it gonna work um, I think at the moment it's still a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think you've got a couple of fans who still remember what he did for us, you know, back in kind of 20, 2016 and, and, you know, even to, to the point where he was coaching Christopher Morel and obviously making sure, you know, he was that mentor and he should have been that kind of clubhouse guy. And then on the other side of the coin, and I think I'm kind of maybe leaning a bit more towards this side, is that, you know, when he moved, I mean, you don't move to the Cardinals from the Cubs. I mean, that's something you just don't do. And then to come out... And then say when um, Pujols hit that home run to get him, I think it was like fourth on the list. And then say when that happened and he hit, that was an organisation that I could see myself at. It was like you were still a cub at that time. You were still playing for us. And you're talking about joining our biggest rivals. Um, so I think he just, the fallout and, and of what's come out after it, I, I don't think he will get that great reception from the Cubs fans. Okay, so so that'll, that'll be interesting there now. Uh, Michael, I'm really hoping that you have just absolutely the greatest time of your life. Thank you. Where can people follow your work on social media and, and, and get all the pictures and all the things that are going to be coming out this weekend? Yeah, of course. So you can follow us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter is at Chicago Cubs UK. Um, and yeah, like I said, that's myself and Rachel that run that page. Um, we've also put out kind of our itinerary of where we're going to be on the weekend. So if people want to come, you know, come say hi, come find us, just go on our Twitter page. It's, it's all there. Um, I mean, the engagement we get in this week is, is off the charts. It's, um, which is incredible. Um, so, you know, hoping to see as many years as possible, but yeah, please come find us at Chicago Cubs UK. You have the best time of your life, man. Thank you, Michael, so much for jumping on. And, and, and I'm hoping for a sweep again, just like you, so that you guys can sit there and just enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Corey. Thank you for having me on. Great job with that, Crowley. Looking forward to these games across the pond. This is Season 2, Episode 46, a second sweep of the Pirates. Don't forget to download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. All right, Crowley, let's get into some news and roster moves and then preview the uh, big weekend series in London. Let's start off with the all-star voting. We mentioned that a little bit in segment one that uh, 
the first baseman slash DH is uh, the highest Cub, fifth place, Trey Mancini. Yeah, this, this is not looking great right now. And, and you know what? I mean, like, I'm fine with the guys getting rest rather than going out there. But for the players, it is a big honor. It affects their contract status, all that stuff. So, you know, we don't know how it's going to play. But catchers, Jan Gomes comes in eighth. Wilson Contreras is ahead of him at seventh. Cup fans, we got to do something about that. I'd, I don't care if Gomes goes or not, but I can't have Contreras being ahead of him. That's that's silly, but like we said, Trey Mancini at five. You got Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, Pete Alonzo, and Paul Goldschmidt in front of him, which I have no problems. Those are all very deserving. How about Nico Horner? Not in the top ten for second. Well, that, that, that's the one. That's the one that makes me the most mad. And I watch obviously more Cubs than I watched anybody else. But what, come on, not in the top ten. Cubs fans, come on. That that's not right. Let's go. I here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that. Second pace is a really tough one to break in with the NL this year. You have a lot of players doing, I mean, Luis Arias for the Marlins is flirting with 400. Ozzy Albies is just unreal. Uh, you know, Nolan Gorman's third Vargas from the Dodgers. That one, eh, Thyro Estrada is getting really hot for the giants, but you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough one, but the Cub fans, like I said, doesn't seem like they're voting much. Third baseman, obviously Patrick wisdom's at number eight, which even that's kind of silly. Uh, short stops, Dansby Swanson at number seven. And when we talk about DH, you got Christopher Morrell also at number five. So pretty good. Th- I mean, at least a little bit close. And then for outfielders, Bellinger and Seiya Suzuki, 10 and 11. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, I don't worry about it too much, but I know for the players, it means a lot. And, you know, I think there's no doubt that you, you're going to have Marcus Stroman's in the all-star game. And, and I would have to say that Justin Steele right now has the third best ERA. So you got to think that that's got to be a guy that's going to be going there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And so, you know, I, I they just had an announcement the other day, the Cubs, as far as the DraftKings sportsbook at Wrigley Field. Looks Will, pretty fancy, Crowley. Looks pretty yes. fancy. We'll open the doors to the public. We have a date now that is June 27th. So that's the next homestand against the Phillies. Here's a picture for everybody subscribing to the score YouTube channel. It is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I'm not a big better and say what you want about, you know, spoiling this or look at the, the building looks really nice. I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. You know what I mean? Oh, it looks fantastic. Like, like, I don't want to, I mean, it looks, it looks, it looks awesome. And listen, hopefully, you know, the bottom line is going to get increased and hopefully, you know, they'll continue to spend it in baseball operations. That's the hope. And, and, and I I've seen, you know, I keep hearing that, but I, I'd rather see more money being spent than what I'm seeing. I'm not saying that they're not spending, but you know, I don't, I don't know how much they're going to make off of this, but it is unbelievable. The food, they have a lot of different food. They're going to have a pastrami sandwich, a colossal hot dog, prime rib sandwich. Uh, They're going to have 10 signature selections of beer on tap, a bunch of domestics and internationals, full selection of spirits. The thing that's going to be awesome is that there's a uh, 2,000 square foot video screen. So it's going to be one of the largest in the Midwest, and it can show up to 25 games at once. There's going to be a scrolling ticker displaying odds, scores, and player info. There's going to be a state-of-the-art sound system that will ensure that fans won't miss a moment. You will have the ability to listen to audio of any game being shown through an app on their smartphone. 
So I thought I, I don't know if they have that in other play, casinos. I, I don't go into too many sports books. I thought that was pretty cool. They're going to have theater style seating. There's going to be patios, J just really uh, a lot of things that are going to make this interesting. And I think it's going to be a huge hit. Um, it's going to be open Monday through Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Friday from 9 to 2 a.m. in the morning, Saturday 9 to 2 a.m. and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. That is subject to change based on event programming around the Wrigley Field campus. The other thing is that you cannot go from Wrigley to the sports book. Okay. You can go sports book into Wrigley, but once you cross, you can't go back. So okay. just something to so kind like of, you keep used to be able to do that. We weren't you able to do that at the old uh, captain Morgan club. You could go back yeah. and forth. Yeah. You go back and forth. Same with Gallagher way after the first couple innings to let you go out and back in, but you cannot do that because of gambling laws. So gotcha. that, that that's, that's a no go on that one. All right. How about some uh, roster moves and a little more injury report, Crowley? Yeah. Congrats to Moises Ballesteros and Felix Stevens who were promoted from Myrtle beach to South Bend. Um, Casey. Oh, I got to see those guys down in Myrtle beach, man. Felix Stevens outfielder. He is huge. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jorge Soler and Moises Ballesteros was absolutely phenomenal. He's, he's like, I think he's like 19 and he just very calming presence, great framing clutch hitter, absolutely phenomenal. So, so I hope to see those guys at South Bend. They were, they were phenomenal. And then Casey Opitz was promoted from South Bend to Tennessee. Um, but speaking of the minors, Myrtle Beach, we said they took the first half title this week. Now Tennessee has the opportunity to do the same on Thursday. They have two more games in their season. They are tied right now with the Chattanooga Lookouts, the AA affiliate for Cincinnati for first place with a record of 35-28 and 28 in the Southern League North Division. So depending on what Chattanooga does, what Tennessee does, that may be a second Cub affiliate making it into the postseason. Uh, the one thing that is interesting right now is because of the end of these um, halves, that's why you're waiting to see moves. So in, once you see that the Tennessee's first half is over, you're going to see guys from Tennessee moving up into AAA. And that is going to really be interesting on our next show because that's going to, you know, does that mean PCA gets called up? Does that mean Jordan Wicks gets called up? There's a lot of possibilities that, that, present themselves after these next games on Thursday with Tennessee, uh, that Tennessee plays. Absolutely. Scary moment though, in Iowa last night, you know, I talked about this. You have to be very careful with how you treat these arm injuries. And sometimes things can happen that are out of your control better. And I thought the Cubs were doing a good job with Cody Hewer. They were being very patient, you know, as tempting as it was to get him up to, to the big league roster. They, they were keeping him in triple a, but after last night, he threw three pitches. The third one sailed over the head of the Memphis hitter, and he was in clear pain. It was a very scary video if you've seen it. Um, I'm, I'm, I was heartbroken because I know how hard Cody's worked to get back to the team. I'm hoping it's not much, but I'm not going to lie, Dustin. It did not look good at all. No, no, it didn't look good. Um, they talked about David Bodie showing a great emotion about it. And uh, he's worked really hard, and we've been asking for timeline. When's he coming back? And now, I'm guessing this is going to be a setback. This is going to be. A, I'm guessing it's going to be a major setback. And uh, you know, I, you know, I just it's it's heartbreaking because you know I've, I've talked to a lot of these kids with the Tommy John and all that stuff, and and just having to come back, and and just how much you know I, I talked to. Um, 
Justin Steele about his, his Tommy John, uh, you know, I've got, had a chance to talk a little bit with Ethan Roberts guys that have gone on that. It's just, you know, there's nothing you can do, but, but it, it, you know, for Cody, this is, this could be a potentially huge setback and, and it's just heartbreaking. Fingers crossed on that one. Fingers crossed. Right. You never know. And, and by saying you never know, it was a shocker yesterday. Our friend Rich Biesterfeld, who's always out at the Arizona complex league, uh, which has just started up recently. Braylon Marquez made his first official appearance on Tuesday night in the ACL. That's shocking because he's a guy that's been absolutely injury prone. Remember our friend Tommy Birch was excited to see him in Iowa and he got injured right away. He always had problems. He's a guy that was one of the top two prospects along with Miguel Amaya. You're talking 2018, 2019, and he just hasn't gotten close to his potential, but you know, the, the, these guys, they're, they, they don't quit and they're, this is their dream. So hoping good things happen for Braylon and, and hopefully he can kind of start working his way up and eventually make his way back to Iowa. Uh, we did get some results. Dansby Swanson's x-rays were negative. He got the day off today um, to rest up for the London series. Yeah, I did see that David Ross had said that uh, if this were a playoff game, we would have seen Dansby Swanson in the lineup. So that's obviously really good news as far as that. So I would expect that uh, we will see him um, that we will see him in the London series for sure. Absolutely. And so speaking of the London series, the Cubs are going to play the Cardinals. The last time they faced each other was May 8th through the 10th. And the Cubs lost two out of three to the Redbirds. If you remember right before this series, there's a lot of controversy. Wilson Contreras was relieved of his catching duties and it was the talk of the baseball world. And especially in St. Lou, the Cubs played the obligatory thank you video before game one. And Marcus Stroman took the bump versus miles. Michaelis stroke pitched well, going six innings, giving up four hits and two runs. Wilson was involved in both of those runs. He was on base to score one and he drove one in Cubs offense did nothing for Stro. one run on five hits against Michaelis and the cards pen. So they dropped that one game two was Jamison Tyone versus Jack Flaherty. Tyone wasn't awful, but he wasn't able to get out of the third inning and gave up four runs. Javier Assad pitched the majority of the game. If you remember that one, he went 5.1 inning, and you and I both talked about how Assad should have been pulled a little bit earlier. Ross wrote him a little bit too much, I thought, on that one. So Dansby Swanson had a big game going three for five with a double, a home run, and three RBIs. But that game, that second game of the series, is always going to be remembered as the first game Christopher Morrell played for the Cubs in the 2023 season. He had just gotten called up, I think, I believe on Friday. He started on Saturday, went two for four with a solo home run. And then the Cubs crushed the cards 10 to four to avoid the sweep. Justin Steele shut down the cards offense and the Cubs offense knocked Jordan Montgomery around. Wisdom and Gomes each had two home runs and Dansby Swanson had a two run double. Yeah, that was a game they absolutely had to have. He did not want to get swept by those guys. Hopefully that will uh, carry over. How about uh, yesterday, Crowley? The Cubs uh, found themselves in third place by themselves. Yes, this is just, this has been nuts. But, you know, and, and, and the funny thing is, is, as good as the Cubs have been playing, winners of three in a row, eight out of their last ten, four straight series, They've barely gotten that much more ground lately because Cincinnati is out of this world right now. Uh, Ten in they, a row at this point, right? Going for yeah, eleven right now. They have they have have an eleven game winning streak. There, this is ridiculous. The Big Red Machine didn't do this. I just got word that Milwaukee just lost, so that'll put them one and a half back. Cubs are three and a half, like you said. They passed Pittsburgh, who have are lost nine in a row, so they're going the opposite direction of the Reds. 
and they are now five games back. And St. Louis is doing well. I mean, they won four in a row, but you know, they're still 8.5 back, 9.5 back in the wild card. So, you know, this is the thing. Don't ever, you know, it's like a horror movie villain. You never stop killing them. You, you want to keep beating St. Louis until they're dead 20 different times. I don't want them coming back at all. <laughs> Step on the throat, huh, Crowley? Step on the throat, please. Sweep the and leg? Yes, just I, I don't, I, no more. No, just don't even give them a chance. Just keep pounding them until they're in submission. Yeah, that would be very, very nice. Plus, for me on Twitter, it's fun to go on, on, on Cardinals Twitter and see them all lamenting and crying. It's, it's a little bit of a fun activity I have if I'm feeling down. All right, so Cardinals and Cubs are going to get after it uh, on Saturday. It's going to be a 12-10 start on Fox. And, of course, 670 to score Pat, Ron, and Zach. I'm not saying this just because, you know, we love the score, Dustin, but I, I saw the broadcasters. I forget who they are. I, I'm definitely going to be, uh, like I do a lot of the times, having the radio volume up and the TV volume down. We got Justin Steele going for the Cubs, 7-2, ERA versus the crafty veteran Adam Wainwright, who decided to give it one more shot. Remember, Justin Steele was on the IL, but he came back against Baltimore, 5.0 innings. He gave up five hits, two earned runs, one walk, and 4K. So a pretty good start against a really good team. I, I, was, I was pleased with his last outing. And then, of course, before then, he went against Tampa Bay, and that's when he had the injury and, uh, you know, was out for a little bit. But, uh, again, he pitched May 10th versus St. Louis, and he went six innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, uh, you know, three walks, and three strikeouts. So, you know, good, you know, Justin, hopefully Justin can have another step forward and and hopefully do really well against the Cardinals, who have – Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, there was a rumor that Justin Steele may be a guest of ours tomorrow on the Mully and Haw show in the uh, nine o'clock hour, as well as the chairman of the Cubs, Tom Ricketts, special uh, Cubs pub live remote from London. Uh, Pat, Zach, Ron, Tom Ricketts, and Justin Steele all being part of the Mully and Haw show between nine and 10 on the Thursday edition. Wow, that's going to be a lot of can't miss uh, score, and I yeah, I can't wait to listen to that. And if you miss, if you know maybe you got to work or maybe you forget, don't forget you can go on the Odyssey app and you can always play that again. So yep, I'll have the chapters up on the app. I'll have it podcasted right away. All righty, that sounds exciting. So Adam, tell him Crawley said hi. Um, at, my my guy Justin Steele, love the guy. Adam Wainwright going for the Cardinals uh, in his last three against the Mets. On 617, he went six innings, gave up seven hits, three earned runs. Against Cincinnati, 611, 5.2 innings, he gave up eight hits, three runs. And then against Texas on 65, 5.1 innings, eight hits. Can you guess how many earned runs? Three. So in his last three starts, he's only given up three earned runs, and that's what he is at that time. But he's still a pretty darn good pitcher. I mean, it's 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 not going to be easy for the Cubs. He he's still a crafty veteran who kind of knows what to do and and I'm just hoping, you know, that that the Cubs are able to do something against him. They haven't seen him this year. Um, he doesn't have his safety blanket in Yadier Molina. So let's hope that the Cubs can take advantage of that. Hope so. Fingers crossed. And then a game two. How about the Stroh show, man? I and mean, what else? What else can you say about this guy? He's he's got he's he's about as locked in as you can be, as confident as you can be. 
in the last three games against Pittsburgh, seven uh, innings pitch, no earned runs against Pittsburgh the week before, six innings pitch, two earned runs against San Francisco, 6.2 innings pitch, two earned runs. He's not given up a lot. If you look at all the starts this entire season, he's only given up more than two runs twice. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely, you know, that was a Minnesota one, and I think there was a Dodger one. And so he has just been absolutely out of this world right now. Oh, out of this world. I mean, that, I don't even know if that if that's enough, right? I mean, is, is that even enough? I mean, the guy is just absolutely locked in. I was a little bit worried that this contract stuff, Crowley, was going to uh, to get in the way and maybe get into the, the space between his ears, but he, and he talks about, he talks a lot about the, the mental preparation and that, how important that is to him. And, and obviously how important that is to him being able to pitch the way he's been pitching. He talks about his preparation physically, mentally, and, and he's confident, man. And, 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 you know, he's just kind of showing that all the work that he's putting in is absolutely paying off. And I, I really, I, you know, I, I know people try to make a big deal out of the, the whole contract thing. He wants to be here. I mean, and that's I, I what mean, Jed said. Jed was on the score the other day with Mully and Haw, and he said the best part is, is that he does want to be here. He wants right. to be a cop. So, I mean, we are where we are, but I, I just, you know, I'm excited. And, and not only that, for the Cubs to be featuring their two best pitchers, you know, in a marquee matchup that's going to be on Fox, on ESPN, you know, all weekend. I think it, it's just really cool that hopefully, you know, the, that people can see, you know, what Stroh is doing because he is he's doing some of the best work of his career. And to see Justin Steele, who, again, nationally may not be known to as many people and, and is just having a great year. Yep. And who uh, who are the Cardinals sending out that day? They are sending out Jack Flaherty. Um, if you remember, Jack Flaherty uh, pitched against the Cubs on May 9th, so the second game of that series. Went five innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, three strikeouts, five walks. The Cubs just kept letting him off the hook. They couldn't, you know, just should have done better. Um, against Washington the other day, he went six innings. He gave up 10 hits and six earned runs. And against San Francisco the other day, he went 4.1 innings, gave up 10 hits, six earned runs. And before that, he had a good start against Texas, six innings. He gave up zero earned runs, but the last two starts against San Francisco and Washington, 10 hits and six runs in both games. So he is trending in the wrong direction. And I'm, I'm really hoping that the Cubs can take advantage of that. Yes, please do. I did an early game too. breakfast, breakfast with the Cubs for most of us. Yeah, get a little mimosa, maybe a bloody, whatever you need, and, and start watching some baseball. All right, so we talked about uh, adjectives for Marcus Stroman, and hot doesn't even fit, but let's move into the hot and not portion of the podcast. Yeah, as far as hot is concerned right now, I, you know, you got two guys that are really doing some great stuff right now. Nico Horner is 10 hits for his last 31 at-bats. He's got two doubles, two triples, a home run. Uh, he's slashing 323, 344, 613 slug for Nico. That's not really normal. So, you know, he's really hitting the ball hard. A lot of barrels lately, which is awesome. And then we talked earlier about Ian Happ, who's eight for his last 26 with three triples uh, and two, or I'm sorry, three doubles, two triples. The guy is uh, slashing 308, 379, and 577. Now, as far as the knot is concerned, Seiya Suzuki been struggling a little bit lately. He is five for his last 28. Um, he's got four RBIs, but no extra base. He's got one double. That's the only extra base hit. He's slashing 179, 219, 214. 
Um, so not the greatest right now. Cody Bellinger, now he's at 19 at bats and only two hits, uh, two RBIs, but that's a slash line of 105, 182, 158. So, um, you know, you, you get a little bit nervous. How much of this is a regression or how much of this is just coming back from injury? Not sure, but uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he starts to pick it up. Absolutely right. For the Cardinals, you got a couple guys that are hot right now. Again, they won four in a row. A couple guys to look out for. Brendan Donovan, second baseman. Um, he's slashing. He's hitting 10 for his last 23 with one home run, five RBIs. He's slashing 435, 458, 609. He's the hottest hitter on their team. Wilson Contreras, you remember how much he was struggling. Lately looking a lot better. Six for his last 16. He's slashing 375, 444, 688. And then one other guy I want to throw in here was Jordan Walker. Remember, he's their stud prospect. He was doing okay. He wasn't even doing that bad. He's in like 270s. He wasn't even the worst Cardinals hitter, but they sent him back. They saw some holes in his swing. And rather than let the league exploit that, they sent him down. He's come back and he's looking really good right now. He's got six hits in his last 16 at bats, two home runs, two RBIs. He's slashing 375, 474, 813. So watch out for him. As far as the not, and, and this is always weird to think about, but Nolan Arenado's three for his last 22. He does have two home runs and five RBIs, though. So he's slashing 136, 167, but that slug is up at 409 because of the two home runs. And then Nolan Gorman is uh, there, another uh, second baseman. He's got 16 of, zero for his last 16 at-bats, and so he's slashing 0 0.0590. So no, nothing really to worry about with Nolan Gorman right now. Lars Newtbar, though, is really struggling and hasn't had a lot of at-bats either right now. He's slashing. I prefer not to say his name either too much. Good. Right. He doesn't have a hit in his last six at-bats, so we'll see what happens. All right, Crowley, prediction time. What's going to happen across the pond on Saturday and Sunday? Maybe you I mean, could give your prediction in your best British accent. <laughs> I got no British accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> I always end up sounding Australian. Um, that's what usually happens to me. That's but, not a knife. <laughs> right. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Um, but I, I thought I'm going to – I don't know why. I, I got to feel – I'm nervous a little bit about that first game. I just don't like – uh, Adam Wainwright, I just have too much PTSD with that guy where he's always kind of giving the Cubs fits. And so, and Justin Steele, I really don't know what to expect. Like I said, only one game coming back from injury. I, I'm feeling that the Cubs are going to take two, but I wouldn't be shocked with a split, especially with the Cardinals possibly taking that first game. All right. I'm going to go with a split as well. It just seems like it makes the most sense that that's what's going to happen in, in this. Of course, I'm, I'm rooting for a sweep. Uh, but uh, I'll take I'll take a split. Just don't get swept. Yeah, and and, it, and it's one of those things that like I just feel like this is happening at the worst possible time. Like the Cubs are clicking on all cylinders, and now they're going to cross a bunch of time zones. They're going to be jet lagged, and then they're going to have to come back, and then they have to face the Phillies. Like I wish the Cubs. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I wish the Cubs were not playing in this series. It is a marquee series. It is, I had tickets to go in 2020 until COVID knocked it out, but I, I wish they weren't doing this. And, and, you know, with the way the Cubs have been playing, they're just too hot right now. I just hate to see them get cooled off. Yeah. I was curious if you had even considered doing this trip. So I guess we just found out. Yeah, I, I considered it, but I, you know, once that opportunity came to do all those things and, and, and uh, Myrtle beach came up, and, and make that a whole family vacation. It, I, I leaned that direction. And I, I got to tell you, the Field of Dreams game was so special to me that I think of going to like a soccer, a baseball game in a soccer stadium, it just didn't have as much appeal to me, to be honest. 
All right, that's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast, Fly the W on all the socials. Also, you can email us, flythew670 at gmail.com, and now you watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crowley, enjoy uh, your summer vacation as it rolls on, and uh, let's go Cubs, right? Absolutely. Let's, let's pound them in the over the pond. Go Cubs! So I'm gonna it's all over.